0: And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light.
2: Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Norm Hightower along with Derek Siapala to talk about yesterday's second week preseason game from the Los Angeles Rams against the Oakland Raiders where the Rams won with a score of 24-21. to uh, Excellent game, especially for the starters in my opinion. Jared Goff uh, led us out on the field, looked like a true leader, came out, led the Opening drive down the field, Nate plays and scored a touchdown to Cooper Cup. They continued to look great. I mean, sure, there were little bits, of, uh, little bits of rust here and there, but for the most part, it looks like the Los Angeles Rams have an offense again. Derek, what do you think?
3: It sure feels nice to have an offense. I can't remember the last time the Rams had a competent offense. Yeah. A dead series.
2: Yeah, I feel the same way. It was definitely nice to see them you know, move the ball. I mean, just look at third down alone, you know, and of course you have to take in the whole game stats, but they were eight for 15 on third down, 53%. When's the last time we've seen a Rams football team even be close to 50% on third down?
3: Oh, that's a real question? I don't know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's been a long time.
3: (laughs) You know, I got to think it was sometime earlier in, Sam Bradford's tenure, and that was definitely in a game, not in a season. So I, you know, it's just hard for me to uh, kind of re- realize that this team's going to score some points this year. And it's, it's making me think that there might be more to this season than what's being predicted for this team. Well, I'm seeing predictions for 4 and 12, 5 and 11, 6 and 10, and I think the Sandy Watkins trade really has changed the dynamic on this team.
2: Well, and I remember when we we first started talking after the draft, and everybody was like, "Who the hell is Cooper Cup? Why did we draft this guy?" And I was all, you know telling everybody I was doing cartwheels and all excited about it and everybody's like, "Who is this guy? What's special about him?" Well, I think everybody's starting to see how special of a player he can be. And obviously Goff and, and him have a great connection. He targeted Cup yesterday uh, at least five or six times. I know Cup ended with six receptions for 70 yards and a touchdown. People were blasting his speed. People were saying he came from a small school, but you get him out there on the field, and the guy knows how to run routes. He knows he's elusive. He knows how to get open, and I think he showed that yesterday. And what was nice is to see Jared Goff making accurate passes to him and everybody else, and and kind of go on from there. Goff went 16 for 20 for 160 yards and a touchdown, which gave him a quarterback rating of 116.66, which Carr's quarterback rating was 112.96. So there's a lot of places to be confident there.
3: I I love the way that Goff played on the move. He, He really was just so poised in the pocket when he had a little bit of rush on him. He didn't freak out like he did at times last year. And I mean, I'm not even mentioning the, the Khalil Mack sack because he had no chance in that sack. But in other cases where there was some some of a pass rush, he just was very calm, got the ball out. His his passes were accurate, just like you were saying. The the pass to, to, to Cooper Cup was was there, and Cup just wide open. A guy with his quote unquote speed shouldn't be getting open like that, like you were saying. And the truth is, you know. The guy's just a smart football player. He knows how to get open, and that's something great to see.
2: Well, it kind of reminds me of Jerry Rice back in the old days. Rice wasn't the fastest guy, but he was an excellent route runner. And the quarterback could always depend on him being where he was supposed to be. And I have a feeling that you're going to see Cup come in and do the same thing. And then you add, you know, Sammy Watkins and and Tavon Austin and and the rest of our receiving core to that. And I think it looks extremely promising. And, and i got to say another thing is everybody was talking about Gerald Everett, too. Why the hell did we draft a tight end and with our first pick? And, you know, who is this guy? He came from a small school. Well, he made some catches yesterday that were tough catches. But then what you saw him do after the catch was really impressive. So I think the whole game plan, the whole idea, the whole script that they put together for the draft and during the offseason and all that, I think you're starting to see those pieces come together and it's pretty darn exciting.
3: Look, Gerald Everett's 25 yard catch in the first quarter was pretty dang impressive. The way he that way he moved through traffic there to gain extra yards, that's what Jared Cook was supposed to do when the Rams signed him. And he wasn't even that kind of, of tight end. We thought he would be. Um, but Gerald Everett moves, he moves like a receiver. He moves like a running back when in the open field. And I gotta say that that's really nice to see. They have weapons there, um, at every, everywhere in the field they have weapons now. Uh, that's, that's something that, uh, has long been missing from this franchise. And now the question becomes, how high is their limit? How, you know, how high can they go? You mentioned Cooper Cup and you, you compared him there to Jerry Rice, which is a little absurd. On first glance, but what, but maybe now if you if you look at what he could mean to he and if he could be the guy that gets open all the time, you know that's what Jerry Rice did. Yeah, I that's wasn't Jerry Rice did.
2: I wasn't saying that, that Cup is an equivalent to Rice by any means, but what I'm saying is, you know Rice wasn't the fastest or speediest guy, and I think you you see a lot of those traits in Cooper Cup, and obviously he's got a long ways to go to prove that, but. He's come into the NFL, had nothing but praise, made the number one starting offense, and has come out in two preseason preseason games and performed. And if he can continue to do that in the regular season, I'll stand by what I said in an earlier podcast, and I think that means he's going to lead all rookie receivers in yards and touchdowns at the end of the year. And if that happens, with the addition of Sammy Watkins and Gerald Everett and, and the rest of our receiving corps, I don't know what our ceiling is. I, I'm like you. I'm always a little skeptical in the beginning of the year to say, you know, the Rams will go nine and, and seven or, or ten and six. You know, you always want to make those predictions and you always get really confident. And then, you know, with our track record lately, it's been quite disappointing. But this is the first time in a long time where I can actually look at this team and go, you know, I don't want to make a prediction, but they sure look like they're pretty good. And I really think they might have a shot to make the playoffs.
3: Just two weeks ago, you would have been saying that. Two weeks ago, you would have been following up on all what the predictors were saying, all the experts were saying, that this team was going to be 4-12, 5-11, 6-10. And you would have been like, yeah, I can see that. I think that's what they're going to be. Um, that's not what we saw on the field last night. Except maybe on defense, Derek Carr really did move the ball on the Rams quite a bit. And without you know without our boy Aaron Donald, in the middle that is a concern. That the defense did not look did not look like it needs to look right now. I mean now there's time coming up, you have plenty of time. But that's one concern that I do have is especially in the pass rush that you, you can clearly see they miss Aaron Donald.
2: Well, I, I think you have to consider too that they kept it very vanilla. You, yeah, you're missing Aaron Donald and. And let's face the facts. He he may not be here this year. And I think that's the subject for another uh, podcast where we can debate our thoughts on that. But, you know, he may not be, be here in the beginning of our season. He may not be here in the beginning of the season or the middle of the season. He may even hold out the whole season. Who knows? But, uh, you know, Mark Barron wasn't out there. Kayvon Webster wasn't out there. You, you don't have – our complete starting defense out there, just like Oakland didn't either. So they kept it very vanilla. I think they were taking a look at some guys. You saw Troy Hill out there a lot with the first team. So defensively, I'm not real concerned. And and I expect Oakland to move the ball with the offense that they have, you know, and do what, exactly what they did. What I didn't expect was to see our offense match them and, and actually score and give us a lead ahead of time. I, I didn't expect that at all, so – that was pretty exciting, and to see to see players like Gerald Everett put on the brakes and make two guys miss, um, which was the second play he he had did you know he did something after the catch. I, I'm really excited to see what this kid can do, and you know you put like a Cooper Cup and Sammy Watkins on the outside with a double tight end set with Higby and Gerald Everett. That's going to be tough to cover, just with two wide receivers. So this offense showing me that there's a lot of potential there now who knows what's going to happen when the season actually starts and and everything's for real and all the players are out there that are supposed to be out there but I mean our offense played better in the preseason yesterday than almost all of last year on this you know in the real game so I'm trying to keep myself grounded here (laughs) because it gets me awful excited but I thought the whole team especially on the offense, looked great yesterday.
3: Jared Goff, he just looked like well, he looked like a quarterback. He looked ten times better than he looked last year. He looked like something had happened with him. And, and I, you have to get credit where credit is due. Obviously, the, the guys are working hard in the offseason. You could tell that he's embraced Sean Peve's system. And who would have thought that hiring this young guy could possibly be the move that changes the direction of this team? Cause I just can't see him in any other way not developing the skill position players in this offense. Cause we're already seeing it. We're already seeing fruits of that labor only two preseason games in. We're seeing what Everett can do. We're seeing what even Higby, Higby had a nice catch yesterday. Cooper Cup. And we're seeing Goff look a hundred times better even than he looked last year. That's to me, that's such a reason to be inspired for this season. Then also a little concerned because you might have a chance of seeing finally a winning season, and Aaron Donald is not. <laughs> He's nowhere to be found, and they do need him.
2: Well, they need him or they need to, you know, move on and replace him with somebody, you know, that's a little bit better than what we have currently, but, you know, I've seen a lot of things going around. Uh, a lot of fans are getting upset. You know, it's one thing to to want money, but then – it was reported that they offered him that 120 million dollar deal, and when he didn't take that, a lot of people were, you know, screaming trade him and yada yada yada. I, I don't know for sure how I feel about that yet, but I have a feeling he's sitting at home watching these games and going, "Man, we look good. I'd like to be out there playing," but you know, I don't know if it's his manager, his representation that's that's uh, trying to get this you know blockbuster deal done or or if it's actually him or, or what. Like I said, I think that's time for another debate because I don't want to take away from what I saw on the field yesterday. But, you know, we, we didn't have Robert Quinn out there either. We didn't have Mark Barron. Obviously, Wade Phillips wasn't pulling out every blitz in the book. So just seeing what I saw got me really excited. The things that I, I get sick of seeing – You know, like on Facebook yesterday, I was seeing a bunch of people come on there and go, was it just me or did Sean Mannion look better than Jared Goff? And I'm like, what? Now, if you look at the numbers, Mannion went 15 for 22 for 132 yards and a touchdown. Sure, those numbers look great, but he wasn't facing near the defense that Goff was in the beginning, near the pass rush that Goff was facing in the beginning. And even though Mannion completed a lot of passes, a lot of those throws weren't that great. And the touchdown pass he threw to Josh Reynolds in the end zone, yeah, it was great. It scored the winning touchdown. But if you replay it and look at it, it was low. It was kind of a back shoulder throw on the inside sort of thing. And it should have been a lot higher where the, where the defender couldn't get to it. You know, yes, it scored a touchdown. But if that had been a number one cornerback out there, I don't know that that pass would have been completed. So I'm giving Man- Manion props. He looked good. But I don't think – he looked better than Goff by any means, especially when you're looking at the talent level that Goff was playing against compared to Mannion. What do you think about that?
3: I think whoever's saying that Mannion played better than Goff is smoking crack. (laughs) You know, I get tired of it. We have a member on our staff who really, really, really likes Sean Mannion. I know you do, too, in a way that you believe that he could be in this league. But you you have to have some honesty when it comes to this. And in the first two preseason games, Goff looked better. Goff was more in limited duty last week, but overall he's looked better. He, he's faced harder defenses. I just don't, you know, the talent level was there. He just needed the right coach. So Mannion, to me, is a, is a capable backup who who may be a star in this league one day, but the level is just different. The, the level is just different right now. And to say differently, uh, to me, and I don't mean to insult any fans out there, I really don't. But to me, it shows you really don't know the quarterback position. You don't know the ins and outs of what it takes to be a high-level quarterback in this league. And right now, if you just sit there and study the film from these two games, you'll see that Goff right now is in a better position to be that that high-level quarterback.
2: Well, and I don't think people do the kind of research that we do as well. I mean, I sat here and watched every single pass that Jared Goff threw probably 6 or 7 times in slow motion to watch his footwork to watch you know how how he settled under quarterback how how he dropped back how his footwork looked you know was the pass on target was it on time did he go through his progressions those are all things that I'm breaking down every single pass play And not only am I doing that with the quarterback, but I'm watching, you know, does the running back block? Did he block well? Did he whiff? Were the linemen blocking well? Were they struggling? You know, I'm going through each play, and I'm checking about, I'm making notes about every single thing that I see so that when we have these conversations in our podcasts, I've done the due diligence to make sure that I've done the work so that I don't sound like I've been smoking crack when I'm sitting here talking. (laughs) And I have to say, Compared to looking at all the tape I saw of Goff last year, I was extremely impressed with the poise he showed in the pocket. Uh, his mechanics looked great. You know, sure, there's a couple things I could pick apart. You know, at times, but he looked great. He made quick decisions under pressure through accurate throws. He went through his progressions. He did everything that you would want a young quarterback to do, and he led the team down the field. Mannion, looking at his, I didn't watch every single one of his because obviously, you know, he. I think he took a lot more snaps than Goff did. And, you know, looking at what I saw with him, he's, he's a top-quality backup quarterback. And you're right, I do like Sean Mannion. I've watched him play a lot. You know, i watched watched him play all through college. And he's a very talented quarterback, but I don't think he's at the same level as Goff. When you break it all down, I don't think he's quite there. And he's been in the league longer. So I think we have a great quality backup quarterback, who may work himself into a starting role with a certain type of offense someday in the future. But right now, I'm kind of excited at the two quarterbacks that we have. I mean, I don't want to diss our third-string quarterback, but the two that we have right now on the field that played last night could both run this offense and could drive the ball down and score. I just think Goff will do a better job at it and will be more efficient at it. just a point about –
3: you know, just a point about Mr. Mannion here is that just like we, we kind of have to give Goff a pass for last year, I think Mannion deserves a degree of a pass as well considering who was coaching him. You know, and it's, let's just be real. The coaching that those two men received under Jeff Fisher's staff, we're finding out was, was not not to be desired. It wasn't at the par. And you can see you can see that just in how quick a turnaround both of them are making under a more quarterback-friendly coach. I mean, seriously, look at, look at these two games. I know the preseason games, but just look at the way they're standing in the pocket. Look at the way they're moving. Look at, look at how they're making decisions, and you can tell that something is far different. They're more prepared. They are more, you know, able to to read defenses at the NFL level, and that wasn't happening with Jeff Fisher. And it really makes you wonder, it makes you wonder about a lot. It makes you wonder, you know, about Sam Bradford. Had he not been hurt? Had he, what ifs? You know, because I don't think he received really his fair development. And and now we're seeing a guy who can develop quarterbacks come in there. We oh, do, a, you know, Sean McFay did a good job down the road as a full head coach and
1: managing the entire team. I don't know, but you can definitely see the fruits of his labor and his staff's labor
3: in the improvement in both Goff and Mannion.
2: Well, I mean, if Sean McVay would have been the head coach of the Rams three years ago, I don't think the Rams would have moved up and took Jared Goff in the draft because of the fact I think he probably could have got Mannion to the point where he could have been a starter. And so I agree with your statement. I think uh, coaching had a lot to do with it, but at this point in time, because he's bringing in a new offense, I think Goff learned it faster. I think Goff's more comfortable with it, and he's been, you know he's being coached from day one instead of having some bad stuff in his history with prior coaches like you're saying. But I, I mean, when he got sacked by Khalil Mack, he got right back up, went out the next play, and acted like it was no big deal. And you know that's that's important to me and and seeing how well our offensive line blocked yesterday, I mean, I thought, as far as blocking is concerned, I thought they blocked better in the passing game than they did in the running game and that's not what we're accustomed to seeing. But overall I think the offensive line did a great job yesterday and if you look at Todd Gurley's stats, he wasn't breaking open forty yard runs by any means, but he was you know, he, he rushed the ball eight times for thirty eight yards and a touchdown with the longest run of nine yards. Um, That's over a four-yard average, and at times he looked like the old Todd Gurley when he was searching for a spot, and then he burst through it. And when he ran in for his score, he lowered his head and and hit the line instead of what we've been used to seeing is him running into a brick wall and not getting anywhere. So it's still too early to see, you know, if if Todd Gurley's going to be back to his rookie year type form. But what I'm excited to see is that we now have the ability to pass the football to quality receivers to open up the field, which is gonna do nothing but help Todd Gurley in the long run. And so I really think we're a much better team than people gave us credit for at the beginning of the season, and I think we became an even better team when they traded for Watkins. All right, so a couple questions here for us before we wrap up. Just a couple questions here. First question for you. Which players
3: not including the one you talked about cup and, and, and golf cup. Really, really kind of raised your eyebrow yesterday
2: i will go with uh Farrell cooper i know he didn't play much but if you remember last year we were watching in the preseason and he caught a pass over the middle and got hammered and it probably would have been a touchdown but he ended up not catching the ball because he took a hard shot yesterday just about the same play in the middle of the field he got nailed in fact i think it probably should have been a defenseless receiver call, and he—I mean—he got blitzed in midair and hung onto the ball. So I think that was positive to see.
3: Andrew, Andrew Whitworth for me.
2: Well, I, you know, but it's
3: nice having a, 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 an actual real left, left tackle. tackle.
2: Well, I agree. I mean, I thought you were talking about players from last year to this year, and we didn't have Whitworth last year. So, but but I agree that having him there has made a huge difference. Uh, when's the last time that you can count on the left side of your offensive line to do their job? When's the last time we've had that? And we haven't had that for a very long time.
3: Yeah, I want to say it was probably when Roger Saffold was playing left tackle in the first couple of years where he started getting hurt all the time. He was decent over there, but that was really it. I mean, you go back before that, it would be Orlando Pace. Because Jason Smith didn't work, and he who will not be named didn't work. So... Well, yeah, uh, it's it's nice to have, have that protection, protection on the left side. That was big for me, see.
2: Well, I also like Josh Reynolds. I, I really think Josh Reynolds is going to turn out to be a real quality receiver for us, too. Uh, you got to see a little bit of it yesterday, but he's been out uh, with an injury and working his way back in. You know, we didn't see much of him yesterday, but he, he seems to be able to make those tough catches, and that's kind of the – I kind of look at him as like the Brian Quick – on our team, kind of the replacement for him that can actually catch the football, and so I think that would be another guy I was pretty excited to see.
3: I mean, Compare it to, to Brian Quick, Quick though, like, like the, the Brian Quick role. role.
2: Yeah, like like being able to go out and catch those, you know, being the t- bigger guy, being able to go out and go up in the air and overpower a guy and and catch the pass to get us a first down on third down. I, I can see him coming in and playing a role like that.
3: That, that I can say, it. but you you, have, you threw me for a loop when you said Brian said Quick because Brian Quick just didn't really have much of a role these last couple of years.
2: Well, he was such a disappointment that I'm, I'm saying Josh Reynolds, I think, is the guy that could come in and do what they wanted Brian Quick to do, but Brian Quick couldn't do it.
3: Well, Reynolds has more speed, too. Sure. He's, He's got, got more straight-line straight line speed. All, All right, so my last question for you, my last question says, just to ask, the white helmets with the white, blue, and Gold jersey, pass, pass or fail?
2: <laughs> well, I don't like the gold anyways. If it were me, I'd go back to the old old school Rams with the, the baby blue and white. Uh, I like the helmets the way they are. Um, I like the fact that they came out in the white pants with the blue stripe with no gold on them. If they're going to go with the uh, white, blue, and some sort of gold or yellow, I think they got to go back to the throwback colors and and go that way so i'll say it's a fail because i didn't like the jersey
3: you know that the well i'm gonna give it a pass by the that seat because i i i'm digging the helmet the helmet i was concerned that would it match the jersey and it really doesn't really it looks weird but the helmet is smooth it really is it's pretty smooth and it helps in some ways, distract from that ugly gold. And that gold actually has changed a little bit over the years. It used to be a darker gold. It's more, more lighter more lighter than, than it was before. So where do you think the uniforms are in 2020 when the Palace in Inglewood opens? Oh, I'd
2: love to see them either, either run in blue and white or the blue, white, and yellow from, from the old L.A. Rams days, not the gold. Get the, forget the gold. Get it out of there. Never have liked the gold. I mean, obviously, you like it when your team's winning, and you, you don't really care at that point, but when you're looking at just the uniforms themselves, get rid of the St Louis gold and put in the the l a Rams yellow, so I'd like to see them either go with the old school blue, yellow, and white, or I'd rather see them go to just a blue and white um, when they open uh when the when the Inglewood Stadium opens
3: well, I'm sure right now, I think. When it opens, the team will be wearing blue and white, first primary uniform, and the throwback will be the old, the yellow, royal blue and white.
2: That'd be fine by me.
3: That's, that's, that's how it looks to me. That That's how the emblem is now, just blue and white. Everything's pretty much going blue and white. I think that's where they're trying to move the fans, although fans overall have voted the other way. This is one of the Rams were listening to the fans.
2: So (laughs) that's where we're going. going. Well, I'm just excited to see some new energy, you know, watching the game, seeing the sidelines, watching the players doing the interviews and watching the coaches do the interviews. It's obvious to me that this this whole vibe, this whole genre of of the L.A. Rams is different than it was under Fisher, and that's great to see because, you know, we were all getting – I think not only was the team kind of getting down, but we were all getting down just because we had a team that wasn't winning and a coaching staff that was just so blah.
3: Well, they weren't just losing. They were losing badly, and they were boring while doing it. Right. You couldn't even say, hey, they're fun to watch. They're, they're struggling, but they're still fun to watch. You couldn't even say that. All you could say was, gosh, they suck. And you had There's nothing else you could really say do with it. You know, so at least if they go six and ten this year, at least they're gonna be six and ten showing some life. And we, we're gonna know they're moving in the right direction. That's what I like about about Sean McVay. The Rams, it's clear to me now they made the right hire. They made this was their guy, he brings energy to this team, he's a developer in terms of quarterback and offenses and I really think that he's running off on his team. And, and of course Wade Phil's defensive coordinator that's a big, big difference
2: too. Well, and I love the fact that you you look out on the on the practice field and you see him out there running, you know, he's shadowing receivers and running with them, and you know he's such a young guy and so full of energy and, and was a decent football player in his own right in college, so he's out there being active and showing the players how much he cares and how much he wants to be a part of this team, and not not only in leading them but you know he's going out there and being part of the whole deal and. You know, it's kind of like when you, well, let's say you have a construction job and you've got a boss that you never see, or when you see him, all he does is come in and say a few words and he's gone. I think you respect a boss that grabs a hammer and comes out there and works with you a lot more than you do one that sits in an office. So that's exciting to see. And and then, of course, you, you see him in the interviews, and he reminds me of, uh, an awful lot of John Gruden when he does his interviews. And he's got that... You know that product in his hair, and he's got the spike thing going on. He looks like he's getting, <laughs> he, he looks like he's getting ready to go on a dating site or something with that hairdo, and it, it is exciting. It's exciting to see that. It's exciting to see him inject some youth into the team. You know, he, he did bring one of the oldest defensive coordinators in the league, but Wade Phillips is a riot. So you bring. You know he brought in a quality staff, he brought energy to the team, he brought youth to the team, and yes, now there's something to watch, whether they're winning or not. Now if you can make them win, uh you're gonna you're gonna see Sean McVeigh billboards all over l a <laughs> with people going nuts over him because he's just that kind of guy you want to like him and 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 for me i I seem to like him instantly. I liked his thought process. I liked. I like the way he spoke. I like the way he talked about our players. And it's exciting for me right now just to see this, this new coach come in and do what he's doing. And it's a whole lot better than that stinking, fat, ugly mustache.
3: <laughs> oh, boy. Well, <laughs> with, with that said, I think it's probably time to time close this for now. Next um, week's podcast will cover preseason game number three and look at some position battles. For Norm Hightower, this is Derek C. Paul saying so long.
2: Adios.